Welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the almighty B-Live, the money man, Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. Hey, what's going on, world? This be your boy, Eddie Cool, the HOC of your favorite sports podcast, none other than the Sports Bros Podcast. Fellas, I lost count, and I lost a rundown, so where we at? Episode 87? 80, I think we're 88, right? 88. 88, I do believe, sits right with me. Yes, sir. Yes, episode 88. And who's a famous number 88? We got Eric Lindros, Greg Olson. C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb, and before that, it was Michael Irvin, right? And Drew Pearson. And Drew Pearson, that's right. We and got Des some, Bryant. And all those, Des Bryant. Yeah, a bunch of old former Cowboys and current and all that good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, hey, we're back again. We are back like bad breath in the morning, but guess what? We're here for you to give you your weekly dose of sports that's by the fans, for the fans, for y'all. And of course, y'all know I can't do this by myself. I got to have some help. You know, when you turn 38, you learn that you can't be stubborn all the damn time, just some of the time. And with that being said, I introduce to you once again, the almighty be live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today? Again, I said every chance I get is because it's, I'm telling you, that's a legit question. What is going on in the world right now? Man, oh man, it's upside down. Sports, we are trying our best to cover what we can cover, what we see, what we don't see, what they be trying to do, what they ain't going to do, and all the other stuff. <laughs> but you know what? We 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 keep pressing forward, and it just make, it makes, uh, makes each episode that just just that much more spicier if that makes any sense to anybody out there it didn't make any sense to me when i said it but i'm trying anyway i digress um take this opportunity um to um go ahead and introduce that other guy that's on the podcast i mean he he has a he has a recurring role with us you know we, we appreciate him you know we're lucky to have him i guess yeah whatever wow <laughs> and with that being said we got the pride of washington pennsylvania UPS's finest and the host of his very own podcast one day, Ask a White Dude, the one, <laughs> the only, the money man, Scotty D. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Bah, welcome, humbug. welcome to my podcast, everyone. Scott Dunn and the Sports Brothers Podcast. Welcome. And how about them Cowboys? <laughs> what about them? Yeah, yeah. Hottest team in the NFL right now, them Dallas Cowboys. Winners of how many straight? One straight. One straight. <laughs> Hottest team in the NFL. Wow. So so that was the Red Rider Redemption Tour? They welcomed Andy Dalton and the Dallas Cowboys to Cincinnati the other day. Yeah. Red Rifles Redemption. Cowboys probably they probably won't lose again this year. They'll probably run right on through into the Super Bowl now. Hey, let's talk about the NFL, shall we? I mean, after all, this is the NFC East we're talking about, and anything is possible. <laughs> I just want to I just want to let the listeners know that before we um began to record today, Scotty D was the one 
to um, inform the, the, the rest of us that we were going to try to stay on point and not talk about the trash teams that are in the NFL. And the first thing that comes out of his mouth is some crazy one-game win streak <laughs> by America's dumpster bucket of a team, the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, let's, <laughs> let me just clarify what's going on there. Stephen Jones has come out and said, that Mike McCarthy is going to be the coach and that we are going to write the ship. And I believe him. I believe Stephen Jones and Jared Jones are leaders of the Dallas Cowboys and Mike McCarthy, their fearless leader of the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to write that ship. Things are going to be all good again. Just like they were okay, 30 uh, years uh, uh, ago. Hold, hold, hold daddy, can we keep him? Can we keep him? Daddy, daddy, can we keep him? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this right now. So it seems like that Scotty D and his new job at um, UPS, he's really taken their slogan too far when it comes to what can Brown do for you because the Brown that he's spitting out right now is absolute bullshit. Oh my but goodness. I, <laughs> I was, yes, I, go, ahead get, go, ahead, go ahead and get the dump button ready because that's a, that's a straight bullshit. You're trying to, feed, you're trying to force feed us. I believe right in Jarrah and Stephen Jones. I believe. The, the, any cool Amtrak this because this easily is turning into a show yeah oh man <laughs> man b Live takes some time off and comes back with potty mouth <laughs> and, 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 and and i thought my adam gates rant was um was uh ferocious and if you missed that adam gates uh, rant please check out uh last week's episode where i just went up adam gates and uh, down the side of the other and that picture that i use oh my god so i guess um jerry jones did listen to steven when he said daddy can't we keep him daddy can't we keep him daddy can't we keep him and he said he said yes be live got a case of the doodle mouth but i digress nevertheless we talked about football ladies and gentlemen it is week 14 of the nfl season uh we had some things going on it wasn't as action-packed as we thought it would be but nevertheless We'll take any football we can get, especially during these conditions. Um, and from the looks of it, fellas, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they lost again. They are on a two-game losing streak, and they lost to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Now, fellas, the Pittsburgh Steelers, <laughs> they're not on a streak that wins. They're on the other side of the column they losers of two straight as they lose Sunday night to Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. With the Steelers losing two straight, you think Kansas City poses a threat to the Pittsburgh Steelers? I'm going to start with you, B-Live. Well, let's just put it this way. I'm going to flip that and turn that around. First of all, even when the Steelers were undefeated, Kansas City was still the team to beat, even though they had that one loss. And now the Pittsburgh Steelers are showing us who we all thought they were. And we're not letting them off the hook. So right right now, like, it, it's been screamed to the top of the mountain that the Steelers didn't play anybody to get to 11-0. and 0. Either, the, either the teams they were playing weren't 100%, or they really were bottom of the barrel. So I'm not surprised that a top-tier team like the Buffalo Bills came in and um, did what they did what needed to be done. The threat to the Kansas City Chiefs literally are the team that just beat the Steelers. 
if you don't see the Buffalo Bills as a legitimate threat, you are you are not watching football. I put the Bills. I'm telling you, I have a feeling. I had a feeling last year, and now Josh Allen is could easily be up there in the MVP talk. Nobody's talking about him. But this guy is a legitimate dual threat quarterback that is getting the job done. And I could tell you right now, oh, Patrick Mahomes might have thrown his way out of the MVP talk with three interceptions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he did not look his best. In a 30-yard sack the, as well. Did you see that one? Oh, yeah, oh yes. But here's, here's what makes Patrick Mahomes that much more special. Even in his bad games, Kansas City still looks almost unstoppable. Like, it's, it's, it's unreal. But I can tell you right now, let him throw three interceptions against the Bills. Let him throw three interceptions against the Cleveland Browns. Those are the two teams that I'm looking at right now that could up in the Kansas City Chiefs. And also, do not sleep on the Tennessee Titans. They've got a recipe to keep Kansas City off the field, their offense off of the field with that massive running game. Same thing with the Browns. So those are teams to look for. Again, it's the Chiefs and then there's everybody else. But those are legitimate threats to the Kansas City Chiefs this year. I, I think uh, out of all the teams you mentioned, I think that you actually kind of hit the nail on the head with Tennessee. I don't necessarily think Tennessee is the, the second best team in the AFC. I just think that they may be the matchup problem that the the only one that could pose a matchup problem with Kansas City simply by keeping Mahomes off the field, running with Derrick Henry, playing good defense, ball control, time of possession, that kind of thing. But like you said, B-Live, if that's Patrick Mahomes' worst day, he threw three picks and took a NFL record-setting sack, he still threw for – uh, almost 400 yards, and they were, that, that team has just got so much speed. He got it to the playmakers, and they have enough to win. Um, I, I think the biggest threat to Kansas City is themselves, and that's by injuries. And if they are able to get through this healthy, which they seem to be relatively healthy right now, 13 games in, I don't think Buffalo is that much of a threat to them. I know Buffalo beat Pittsburgh at home Sunday night, but – Buffalo, to me, and in, in most of the games I've watched them, they seem to have like these, these lapses, like the like the first half the other night. They they had so many three and outs to start. And I think Josh Allen at times gets a little careless with the football. I think he's I think he's got star written all over him. I really do. I you know I like his dual threat ability, although that I'm afraid that sometimes he runs too much, which could lead to an injury problem. I just don't think Buffalo is quite there yet. For Pittsburgh's sake, they, they're having a hard time running the ball. I I don't think James Conner is a elite running back. I think he's a very good running back, and he's a compliment. But, you know, he was drafted pretty much to be the compliment to Le'Veon Bell. I don't think the Steelers were planning on losing him at the time that, the, that he came in. But, I, I man, I think something's wrong with Roethlisberger. He threw an interception Sunday night where he underthrew his guy by – by 10 yards easily and you know I, I know conditions weren't great but if you watch the last few games Roethlisberger's thrown a lot of quick hitting patterns you know a, a quick out to the flat a, a dump over the middle to the tight end for five or six yards they're dropping them half the time the Steelers receivers are playing terrible right now they're, they're all dropping the ball 
but it just doesn't look like Roethlisberger has any zip on that ball. I'm just wondering if after the season's over, if we don't see him have some kind of surgery or even retire because he just, it doesn't, he doesn't look right to me. You know, he's winning games right now with his, with his head, you know, but yeah, like you said, the steel, you, you can say the Steelers didn't play anybody, but when you're playing, when you're 11 and 0, you've beaten who's, who's in front of you. You know, some of those wins are good wins. Some of them are against cupcakes. You know, they played the Cowboys with their fourth quarterback of the year. Ooh. You know, I just want Steeler fans to remember that. But, <laughs> I, you know, it, it just to me, the Steelers seem like, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. I'm not going to rush to judgment and say they're going to get knocked out of the first round of the playoffs. I, I still think they're a good team, but they have some key defensive players injured. And I just, like I said, I just don't think Roethlisberger is, is right. I think there's something wrong there. Yeah, because I remember um... – watching some portions of the games and he threw two balls to Deontay Johnson and he just dropped them. And then Eric Ebron, he had a case of the, um, he dropped it too. And I think Chris Collinsworth said somebody had a case of the yips last night. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're dropping balls for him. And like I said, when he, when he does go down the field, which isn't as often as he used, it just doesn't look like he has the same kind of zip on the ball. I, I really think, you know, he's coming off of that injury from last year. I just don't think he's a hundred percent. Yeah, because just like as you said, Scotty, he was, uh, and I think Chris Collinsworth made another note of that. Um, I think, if I'm not mistaken, whenever uh, you know Pittsburgh passed the ball and Ben Roethlisberger drops back, it's like real quick. It's like short intermediate routes. It's like right, they're trying one, to get the I, ball out fast. Yep, trying to get trying to get the ball out fast, and a lot of times, sometimes those damn receivers can't can't keep up. They just they just can't keep up. It's either you know too high, too low, or they got to dive, and it's just they put themselves in precarious positions as to where, you know, they catch the ball or become, um, or the ball becomes, you know, available for interception, if you will. Have you seen this law as well be live? I I have not. I have not. So that's something I need to catch up with just a little bit. But I'm, again, I, I didn't believe, I just didn't, I never believed in Pittsburgh. I just never did at all. Like, even at 11, no, I still did not believe in them. And so it's like, this is not a surprise to me whatsoever. And then you say that they, they might, they're, you're not going to write them off and they're going to lose in the first round. Right now, as it stands, they're either going to face either Miami, which can't put, you can't put anything past Miami, or they'd face, or to face um the Baltimore Ravens if they if they um if Baltimore wins tonight we're um recording on Monday that Baltimore um and Miami will be tied at eight and five for the seventh and last um playoff position. I think they can beat. I think Either they one can of beat Baltimore, teams. but I, I agree with you that you know Miami is somewhat unpredictable. They they look dead and buried against Kansas City on Sunday and and they were right there at the end of the game with a chance to win. Yep, they were. Let me ask you this, B-Live, are we sleeping on the Colts? Uh, a little bit. I don't, I'm not – see, the thing with the Colts is that I'm not convinced of their offense. I'm com- – like, I'm thoroughly convinced of their defense. Their offense is just uh, – But i tell you what hmm. I've noticed, though, and it's because of fantasy football has brought it to my attention. It seems the last couple of weeks, though – that Rivers is starting to really establish a connection with T.Y. Hilton that didn't exist early in the season. Man, don't mention, don't don't mention, don't mention that name. And, on this and Jonathan Taylor's running the ball well. So, 
John, John, Johnson Taylor, you can mention. T.Y. Hilton was well, dead. Oh, God. <laughs> There's a research. I mean, I, that, that, <laughs> did, did, ooh, did he man, cost you a game just, against you or for you? Let me ask you that. He No, he cost me. Like, I had T.Y. Hilton on my – like, I had him starting, like, the first five I weeks did of too. fantasy football. And I'm just like, this dude right here, what is go what is the situation? I oh know. I, I, that's what I'm saying though. It, like I said, I I was I had given up on him too. And now it's it's back to my attention that he's catching some balls. I think he had two touchdowns on Sunday. So it it just seems like maybe it just took a little while to build a rapport with Rivers, but they you know they have a little bit of chemistry going now. Anyway, I, I don't know. I, I still think, like like we were talking about earlier, when it comes to who can possibly, if anybody, beat the Chiefs, and I don't think it's going to be done by anybody in the league, but in the AFC, I think it would have to be a formula like Tennessee runs where it would have to be kind of a grinded-out time of possession game. That's I, That's really the only threat I see right now. Well, actually, if they make the playoffs um... – I think the only team that probably could beat Kansas City would be the team that's already beat them this season and the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, they're on the bubble right now. Yeah, and and if I think that that's the only time we should scream trouble, 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 trouble is if the Raiders make the playoffs and they face Kansas City because I think they can can, listen. They hung, what, 43 was it on Kansas City, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, early. Uh, don't you kind of feel like we haven't seen the best of Kansas City, really? Like, they're kind of waiting to flip the switch almost? Mm, uh, what do you think, b I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, feel, I feel like if they get <laughs> into a if we, if we, they if we have smoke a, Vegas. Uh, and my my big thing about the, the Raiders is that the fact that they can't stop a nosebleed yeah. on defense. And like they they've got the third worst scoring defense in the NFL right now. They've they've allowed almost the same amount of points as the New York Jets that are 0 and 3. So there's just they've they've allowed two less points. And so if you you could try your best to go toe to toe to toe with the best offense ever in football with the Kansas City Chiefs you you're not going to win you got that was a I still think that was a fluke I still think uh, Oakland, I mean Las Vegas I'm sorry I keep trying to say Oakland Las Vegas the Raiders they have I mean they got talent on that side of the ball and they they freaking aired it out and looked phenomenal but that's not that's not sustainable especially when it gets to the um grind of um playoff football and then trying to go to Kansas City, even though it's not not going to have the stadium's not going to be packed, which is also another thing that affects a lot that goes on. But um, nah, not so on the Raiders. Again, the Raiders are still fighting to get into the playoffs. Yep, they are, and yep, they are still fighting to get into the playoffs. All right, fellas, we talked uh, abundance about AFC. Over in the NFC, man, we got the Green Bay Packers trending up. And they win again yesterday against the Detroit Lions. Fellas, who do we think can dethrone um, the Green Bay Packers or get in the way or do something? Because, hey, they look a little unstoppable right now. I, I say this before. I say this again. Defense wins championships. And I still believe 
that the L.A. Rams or the Saints could beat the Packers in a playoff situation. I th- think what it is that people are starting, they're trying to write off the Saints because of Drew Brees not playing. I think Taysom Hill is just as good as not. I mean, just he's a, he's a he's he's one of those like I mean they he's use one of those him in a lot of trick that plays and stuff like that. Wow. Wow. So you you want famous Jameson there I, instead I would, of Taysom Hill? I would prefer him in in the substitute situation. Yeah, and and I would like to see Taysom Hill run his same type of role he ran with Breeze. I don't think he's an every down quarterback. Uh, you know, I, I I just don't. He's a he seems like almost like a Tebow, where he just wants to go out there and run and throw a couple passes here and there. I just I don't see that. Now, when the playoffs begin, we're expecting Breeze to be back, so that's that's probably going to be a moot point. He's held it down enough that they're they're ten and three. They're actually tied right now with with the Packers. I think the Packers may have the tie break. I think they're they might be the top right now. I, I, might, I might be mistaken. But anyway, there's still three three weeks to decide that. I think the Packers are the class of the NFC. I do think the Saints defense makes them a viable contender. But like I said, I think last week, something always happens to the Saints in the playoffs where they, they get in their own way or or an officiating call gets in. Something happens to this team where I just don't think they're going back to the Super Bowl. But I do think you might be right on, on the Rams. I think you might have hit on that because – They've been kind of like quiet, maybe because they're a West Coast team that we're not, you know, given as much East Coast love to. But the Rams, you know, they were in this thing. They were in. They were playing for the championship just two years ago, and they still have the same head coach that everyone hailed to be a genius two years ago. And they're playing smart and they're winning games. I mean, they're nine and four, and that's in the division that we all deemed to be the toughest division in football earlier this year. That's what we all kind of agreed to with the Seahawks, Cardinals, and 49ers. And, and it still is a division that could produce three playoff teams. And the Seahawks, to me, seem to be the one that that maybe we overestimated. I think they have some defensive problems. But, yeah, you're right on the defense thing. Um, what about Washington, B-Live? They're playing good defensive football with four wins I, in a row. The, I, the football team. I was – I was actually going to mention that because you just right now this is the football team is literally the feel good story no, of the NFL right now. There is no feel good story. Well, That's my division. What I'm not feel good over the football team. Well, I'm not, I'm not the, feel the, good. See, see, I'm, oh, that's the oh, that's okay, the oh, that's the, the oh, that's the feel better story then. <laughs> I'll say, okay, since um, um, Sky D's on that haterade, <laughs> I'm going to tell the feel-good story right. of the Washington football team. A team that has no identity, a new he- but a new head coach that got diagnosed with cancer, that fought through that, a quarterback that fought through 17 surgeries to get back on the field. You had no idea what this team was going to be like on 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 paper, and for them now to pull off four wins in a row, they've got very young and able talent on the defensive side of the ball. It's like, was it Montez Sweat and Chase Young? Yep, the Stack Brothers. That could be the that could that could be the best one two combo on the defensive line in the NFL right now. And as I alluded to before, defense wins championships. And that it's one of those things. It just it just seems like a lot of things are 
trending and clicking in the right direction when it comes to the Washington football team. I would not be well, shocked let's, at let's all. Let's not forget, though, Alex Smith did suffer a calf injury on Sunday, and we don't really know what we have with Dwayne Haskins at this point. We definitely we never know what we have with Dwayne Haskins. He should have well. never been drafted. But um, that's a that's a whole nother that's a whole nother situation. <laughs> I said what I said. I said exactly what I said. He was way overrated when they picked him. What number oh, seven? Yeah. Oh no! Oh hell no! No hell no! Oh hell! Not in no. this case. He 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 could have used another year. To be honest with you, he really could have used agree. another year. And it I was agree. just yeah. And, and and I guess he's a kid from the area, and I guess somebody's like, "Hey, Daniel Snyder, uh, you might want to look out for my boy there." And sometimes you don't need to look out for your boy; you need to do, in the words of Triple H, "What's best for business." You need to. So I'm over looking at the football teams. Um, the next few games, uh, they play the Seahawks at home, they play the Panthers at home, and then the season finale against the Eagles. So they could win two out of the next three games and clinch the division with ease. Because as you guys talked about them on defense, hey, look, the football team don't look too bad on offense, okay? They really don't look too bad on offense. They got a 1,000-yard receiver in Terry McLaurin. Once they figure out their quarterback situation, they'll be pretty good. And Antonio Gibson, oh, man, he's pretty damn good, too. So um, the team without a name, the football team without a name, the future for them is looking real bright. Don't I know you don't want to hear Scotty D, but if these guys get to the playoffs and get to the conference championship game, I will write an article called <laughs> How the Football Team with No Name Made the Playoffs and Damn Near Made the Super Bowl. Joe Gaffigan, I told you I was going to do it, and I'm going to do it. Only thing your football team got to do is live up to their end of the bargain. All right, fellas, with that being said, what do we learn this week? Well, I learned that I don't even want to watch football anymore because um, <laughs> fantasy football sucks. Damn you, Kenny Galladay! Man, I just, I, man, I stunk, I stunk the bed. It's just, oh, it has not been a good year for me in fantasy football, so... I'll try to watch next week's games with a little bit more um, gumption. But also what I learned is that we have a little predicament coming up this coming Saturday because um, Saturday starts the slate of NFL games. But because of the college football season being pushed back, you're going to have NFL games on top of conference championships. So while the Green Bay Packers are playing the Carolina Panthers, you will also have the Alabama Crimson Tide playing the Florida Gators. That is, so it's going to be a, a toss and turn as to what should what should I play um, on um, on on sound on um, this coming week. Already so we got, um, got a also got a okay. <laughs> see see. That's another another week in a row. You didn't step in and listen. My, um, listen, let, my hashtag from me last week when you told us that you were going to be off for what were the three days you said you were going to be off? Uh, the, the ACC uh, championship, um, I think, was the first, and I predicted you'd work. Um, just want to know how that schedule's coming along. Are you still off on Saturday? So I was I'm, right. I almost so just I was hit right. this X. Yeah, so, uh, you, you will be working <laughs> yeah, at the shop. 
Where it said, where, it, where it said, finish recording. I just, I, I, I just almost smooth <laughs> left. I'm so <laughs> sick of you right now. I'm going to be working Saturday too. So yeah, yeah. There you go. I'm going. Gosh. I'm going to be working Saturday as well. All of us will be working on Saturday. Just, just Saturday. <laughs> I requested the day off. Yeah, you know how this work availability thing work. When it comes to holidays, these jobs don't give a damn about your availability. You'll have your ass there on Saturday. <laughs> That's how they feel about it. Because my job told me, hey, look, guys, you got choice between New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, or Christmas Eve. I'm like, I don't want to be there for none of them. But if I'm a, <laughs> honestly speaking, I don't want to be there for none of them. I don't want to buy come and spend those thank gift cards. I can't, I ain't got time for that mess. I, you know what? I got therapy. I got therapy <laughs> session tomorrow, fellas, and I got to hold this show together. In the words of the Almighty, be live. I digress. Scotty D, what do you learn in um in this week in uh, NFL I football? I learned that the Jets will not be denied that number one pick. Oh, and thirteen with a vengeance. That's what I learned about the about that this this past week. But should speaking of uh, Trevor Lawrence, should we segue to college football here, guys? What do you think? Yep. And before we go, um, what I what yeah, did I yeah, learn? What'd you learn week? Buddy? I should I should have picked up Cam Akers in fantasy football uh, when I had him. But anyways, he's the truth. But that's neither here nor there. Speaking of sunshine and Trevor Lawrence, we're gonna slide right on over to this week's review in college football. And fellas, um, should I just go ahead and say Let's it? Hear it. Coach yes, Carolina, sir. they've won eleven straight games. CCU the shot to clear is the other chicken or the chicken that really matters in the state. I'm a game cops fan, but at this point, oh, I was about to say you actually it is what it is. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, the mush chump era is over with, should have never started to begin with. Things happen, but them damn Coastal Carolina Chanticleers look good. B Live, what you think about this whole Ohio State playing in the conference championship and getting rules lifted in their favor so they can play in a little conference championship game? What you think about that? All I have to say is this follow the money. Okay. The Big Ten knew that the only way they get college football yep. playoff money is if yep. Ohio State is in. There's no other way they get in. Indiana does not sneak their way in. Northwestern does not sneak their way in. It's not happening. So they open up the uh, they open up the gates to allow Ohio State to back their way into the college football playoff. I am wishing I will be the biggest Northwestern fan you have ever seen in your entire life this coming Saturday. I need disruption of the highest order. Ohio State does not deserve to be there. I his, his, I'll say this: this is a it's been a very unfortunate season. A lot has been a lot has been said about missteps that have been made by conference commissioners. I will say this firsthand, off rip: the Big Ten got this all the way wrong, 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 wrong. They tried to make a power play move, and it blew up in their face spectacularly. And now the only way that they can get into the playoffs is to back their way in by changing rules and sliding Ohio State a bone because they weren't able to complete the regular season as required. College football playoff committee, this is your opportunity to stand with integrity. 
I understand that it is the best four teams that you're looking for each year. There's certain criteria that you look for. But I want you to look at Ohio State's record, their strength of record, their strength of schedule. Look at who they have played. They have no marquee wins. Only one that they might have is the Indiana game that they crapped the bed and only won by seven when they should have won by 27. But look the rest. Look at the, the rest of their opponents that Ohio State has won. They have a whopping grand total of nine wins out of four other teams. They have a whopping nine wins. Is that college po- football playoff material? There was a time last year, if I'm not mistaken, that my beloved Clemson Tigers kept winning, and you kept knocking them, and y'all knocked them out of the playoffs during the initial rank and put them at fifth. So you tell me right now, body of work that a 5-0 Ohio State team has only beaten one ranked and winning um, team, one team that has a winning record. They've beaten one team out of five that has a winning record. You're telling me that's the criteria to put them into the playoffs this year? Above a Texas A&M, mind you, that their only loss is against Alabama, the number one team in the country. Just tell me, what's your criteria? Yeah, this is a tough one because uh, every I think everyone was feeling Ohio State should have been in there, but uh, playing five games—I mean, it is what it is. It's it's just it's unfortunate. It's not really anybody's fault, you know. And the, except you could say the Big Ten was late to the party. As far as the trying to overcome COVID, them in the Pac-12, you know, they didn't want to step up early. Understandably so, I I get it, but I mean, it just kind of is what it is. I'm I'm going to say this because I'm going to use the playoff committee's own words that they use all the time: eye test, eye test, eye test, eye test. Ohio State has not passed the eye test. The only reason I'm going to tell you the only reason that Ohio State is where they're at right now in the ranking uh, is because of their name. It's not, it's, it's not because of the play on the football field. And it's a, it's a shame and a disgrace. And I might be slightly biased against Ohio State, but it's, just, it's literally, it is what it is. I'm looking at this team on the field. I'm looking at, now right now, I, if they come out and beat Northwestern by four touchdowns, if they show it on the field, then you know what? Let's let's go for it. Let's get it. Because I promise you I ain't afraid of Ohio State because my beloved Clemson Tigers all roads lead the rap, um, lead the dabble. <laughs> He's fired up. Keep it going. You're We're going to run that back. We're going to run that. I'm ready to yell amen. Go ahead, buddy. We're going to run. But, I mean, my beloved Clemson Tigers, all roads lead to Dabo. We're undefeated against Ohio State. Never been afraid of it. And I stand by what Dabo said about um, Ohio State and the rules being changed and everything like that. It's, it's a shame. It's an absolute shame. And before anybody gets on my case about the fact that the ACC changed their rules as well, we played 10 games. We fulfilled the obligation that needed to be played. And then some. We put that one game that we played against Citadel. We wanted to play South Carolina. That one game that Florida State played against whoever. I really don't care. Florida State crapped the bed anyway with their whole 
COVID mess and all this stuff, waiting until hours before we play the game, be like, oh, no, well, we, we don't think it's safe. The ACC yeah. thought it was safe. Clemson yeah. thought it was safe. It was for the state. Yeah, come on, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, 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 I okay. digress. Let me ask you My this bad. question, though. But, but back, back, what back. if? Yes, sir. Crazy scenario. What if Notre Dame would win that game on Saturday? Yeah, then does Clemson Notre fall Dame out of Clemson? the playoffs? Yeah, absolutely. Without without question. And it would be unfortunate that we lose to the same team that's the number two team, but it, it is what it is. A two-loss team shouldn't be in there. Now, I don't even like the fact that they got – the, the, the fact that Iowa State was in the conversation – um, about being, um, be, I think they were ranking them ahead of Cincinnati as a two-loss team. Now let me let me put that out there for you. Iowa lost. Iowa State lost to University of Louisiana Lafayette. The Raging Cajuns. They guess who beat them? Coastal Carolina in this rank below. <laughs> Come on, man. Y'all got to be consistent with it. You got to be consistent with yep. this. I'm just telling you. Uh, right now, the Coastal Carolina should definitely be ranked above Iowa State. Just saying. With that win against a, a against a BYU team, that that's like I'm. I just I just don't I don't understand any of this process. I get Coastal Carolina has not played the marquee teams, no, no, they, but neither is Ohio sure State. So that leaves Texas A and M on the outside looking in, most likely. Yep, we got. You know, um, sorry, um, the way we look at the college football playoffs things right now: Alabama number one, Notre Dame number two, Clemson three, Ohio State four. Um, on the outside looking in, you got a Texas A and M and Florida of the SEC. Found, yeah, they found their way out. And of Florida that just lost. That, I think Florida just lost to LSU. Fate with that one. And I and I'm and I'm I'm a big advocate of this Florida two loss team, even if they were to beat Alabama. Does not does not get in. Now here's a question for you. There's a question for the two of you guys. If Florida beats Alabama, no. does Alabama fall no. out of the play? No. No. Does Florida no, get into so. the play? No. Two losses. I mean, you said that yourself. No. Uh, I'm no. Go with you on that one. So, also. Notre Dame beating Clemson takes Clemson out of the playoffs, and it puts Texas A&M in the playoff without being in the conference championship. They've done it before with That's Alabama, true. and Alabama won it all. I hate to mention That's true. They did that. So, where does that leave a team like Cincinnati right now? Where is it? They're chilling, the I guess. Panthers? I mean, come on. Are we going to start showing some love for the Pitt Panthers here? here? What? The fight. The no. Fight, the no. fighting Pat Narduzzi's. <laughs> The only, the only love that the Pittsburgh Panthers ever get from me is a simple fact that they woke up my Clemson Tigers that one year when I went to the game when we lost 43-42, to 42, five-hour five ride home, sad, and then Clemson decided to win the national championship after that. So that's the only love that the Pittsburgh Panthers will ever get from me. And before you even come <laughs> out of your dumbness. mouth with some dumbness, no, we are n- no we're not <laughs> – so we're not co-national champions that year. So cut. Before, I'm going to cut you off. That, thank you for recognizing the co-national champions from that year. <laughs> Little brother. These are the conversations that me and Sky D have had in the past about 
um, my Clemson Tigers and his 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 Pittsburgh Panthers because he about to say our Clemson Tigers. And I'm gonna say a hashtag who is we with some mess, and he's always always coming with some if mess. If we he beat likes Notre Dame jug, Saturday, jug, jug, then we will settle the all bear. that noise. If we beat Notre Dame, then we'll we'll, we'll seal our deal. We'll be right I'll in now. Now, now here's a, here's a, here's another question. Here's the other scenario: Clemson beats Notre I Dame. Say no. Notre Dame I say no. Fall Notre out of the playoff either picture. way. What say you, Eddie Cool? Uh, Notre Dame will hang around in there again, and uh, I mean, it, ooh, it, even ooh, if Notre Dame be... loses, they still already have a win over Clemson, and that's a pretty stellar win on your resume. So I don't, I don't think you can take Notre Dame out of that, out of this. I think they're locked in the top four. Well, well, you just need Ohio State to lose, and that'll shake things up. Man, I just God, I'm still this. Oh boy, you know what? This is. One or two things needs to happen. I don't need Ohio State to lose now, so at least solidify somebody that deserves to be in the playoff. Or they need to get the crap beat out of them in the semifinals, and let's let the world know that they didn't deserve to be there to start with. Either way, I just don't want to see Ohio State somehow, some way, back their way into the national championship. Because that's just like I don't, I don't. Yeah, just and this is this is where I think this is where I predict that it's going to be. I predict at the end of the day, Alabama is going to handle business against Florida. Alabama is clear cut number one. Clemson beats Notre Dame. Clemson jumps up to either number three or number two, depending on how they feel. I think Clemson should. I think Clemson Notre Dame should. Actually, I think Notre Dame should drop to three. Clemson goes to two. And that four spot is still something that I like is still up in the air. Like I think each team, each team that's in that yeah, um, conversation has a gripe. Regardless Texas of how A&M, we feel though, Cincinnati, don't we think that even it's gonna oh, go this way? Don't we think that Ohio State's gonna win and be that fourth spot? I mean, don't we realistically I mean not saying what we think should or how we how we feel about it. What is, is that the Big Ten is probably going to get their way should Ohio State beat Northwestern. I think they're going to be in. I just do. Yeah, that that's what's going to happen. Like I said, so, something, a monumental collapse of epic proportions has to happen in that conference title game in order for Ohio State not to be in the college yeah. Football playoffs, something like something, something has like, to happen. Have to, like have to knock they them have off. to get. I mean, they're going to have to beat Ohio State and and beat them soundly too. Like forty. Well, I think if they win, like I think that. if Ohio State loses, regardless whether it's one point or forty points, they're going to be out because they would only be five and one, and then you could not deny probably Texas A and M from going into that fourth spot. But if Ohio State wins, and I expect them to. I think they'll be the fourth team. I think B-Live is probably going to be right. I think Clemson and Notre Dame will flip-flop to two and three, and Alabama remains at one because I think I think they'll beat Florida. But I'm not, and also and also you I'm, know I, I I like with, with with this year being the way it is. I like what B-Live predicted earlier in the earlier in the year. Would you like to refresh us, B-Live, and refresh the listeners of what you predicted what should be going on during the postseason for the championship? Yeah, this would have been the perfect year to have an expanded playoff, without question. I I understand this whole COVID protocol and everything, but it should be an eighteen bubble. 
It should literally be an eight team bubble. You you should take your you you should take your top um top eight teams. I'm not even gonna say conference champions and then three at large because the Pac-10 does not deserve to be there. The Big Twelve does not deserve to be there. The 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 Big Ten is woo woo iffy at best. But I can I can see a one loss Indiana. I can see them somewhere scrape. But there's there's nothing right now that. They're your second best team in the ACC, your second best team in the SEC, your Cincinnati, and I'm I'm telling you, Coastal Carolina should have a chance. We keep saying that oh they 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 only they only beat Troy by a touchdown and da da da, da and it was a close game. You never know when it comes to the heart of a of a collegiate player or what they're capable of, but we will ne- we will never give these kids a chance the way the system is designed right now. I'm like, that's the one thing that really irks me more than anything. It's just like, you got these big name teams that are there just because of a big name. The, uh, the eye test is not there for, uh, this, is, this is not there for Ohio state. Cincinnati should get a chance. Coastal should get a chance. (laughs) Stop it. Stop. Pitch should be right there. Uh, The California University of Pennsylvania should be in that top eight. (laughs) What's their mascot? That's my alma mater. The Vulcans. Yeah. Um, we are aware that the the pride of Washington, hey, Pennsylvania. Pride of Washington, Pennsylvania. Hey, guys, you want to hear something funny? Of course, I graduated from Ashford University, but as of late, Ashford University got absorbed by the University of Arizona. So when I look, when I go on Facebook and you look at where I graduated, it says I graduated from the University of Arizona. Online campus, You're a wildcat. Oh, wildcats right. wildcat. who just fired. So who who just fired Kevin Eyebrow Sumlin? Yes, they did. That did just happen. I, I guess just give me the basketball team, man. Just give me the doggone basketball team. That's a that's a that's actually a pretty big deal because that that actually gives you a little bit more accreditation. Clout. Yeah, Clout. absolutely. Let's get let's get this man. Let's get this man. Uh, a sports commentary job. Let's get let's get him on the air. I'm let's certified. I'm certified. My, uh, you check me out on LinkedIn. I'm a part of this wonderful podcast. We slowed, fellas. We are slowly creeping to a hundred episodes. But also, fellas, I'm thinking I won't be surprised if Coastal Carolina were turning to the Boise State of the yeah. 2020s. I said it. It's slow build. And it's 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 it, we're there at the beginning. Yep. I would like to see that. I really would. Who does Cincinnati play in the in what the was the All American Conference? Yeah, the AAC, the All American Conference. That consists of Tulsa, Central Florida, Houston, Memphis. Uh, who else is in that conference? Oh, it's a it's a big it's a big one division uh, conference. Uh, Memphis, SMU, Navy, East Carolina, Tulane. We still know what a Green Wave is. The uh, Owls of Temple and South Florida. So from the looks of it, the conference championship game will be Cincinnati and Tulsa. So, so I'm just I'm looking at possibilities because if Cincinnati loses to Tulsa and Coastal Carolina beats um, Louisiana Lafayette mm-hmm. again, 
Coastal Carolina automatically gets the New Year's Six Bowl. Hey, I like the sound of that. They would automatically get that because the top-ranked Group of Five conference team gets a New Year's Six Bowl. So the only team that sits ahead of Coastal Carolina is Cincinnati. All so right. um, go Tulsa. Yeah. What are they? The Golden Hur- What are they, the, the Golden Hur- Hurricanes? The Golden Storm or something like that? I can't keep up with these doggone team names, man. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. So, fellas, are we all college football? I believe so. Talked let's, out for this week. Move it on. Great. And with that being said, hey, yo, button, hit it. And now, our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and ever so lovely Miss Button for introducing our favorite part of the show. You heard the woman, the choices of the voices. When we last left you on the choices of the voices, we talked about Thanksgiving. And Scotty D, I didn't get my answer. I feel robbed. But my answer was the butt fumble, Mark Sanchez. <laughs> That's funny. I actually there was a butt fumble. I forget what game I was watching this week, and I saw a butt fumble, and I, it took me back to that. But okay, Eddie, cool. Put you down for butt fumble for your Thanksgiving answer. All right, I, you know me. I don't. I don't want to miss out on nothing. I don't want to miss out anything. All right, Scott. So here we go. This question that you asked for this week's version of the Choice of the Voices fully loaded. We had like a thousand and one answers, but of course. We're not going to go through a 1,001 of them. We're going to surmise most of them and give the most answers in the most valid and the most precise way possible. So, Scotty D, what's the question for the choices of the voices? All right, so the way I put it was if your team had their – if your football team's game was on the line and it was fourth and one, you could choose any running back in history to get you that one yard who would you choose? And there was actually, there were some answers that I was like, wow, I didn't even think of that, but that's some pretty good answers. So Eddie, cool. Talk to me. What what all did you see on the, on the Facebook board here for this, for this question? All right. So here we go. You know, Scotty, usually I would have an order, but somehow, some way the original rundown list didn't want to save. So guess what? We're going to try our best to answer all of them as most as possible. Uh, spoiler alert, a lot of you guys got duplicates, so if you don't hear your name, please don't take it personal. That's a whole lot of stuff to read. But nevertheless, we appreciate you for your participation in the Choices of the Voices. So here we go. David Romito, he said the bus was nice, money. He said so was your boy Emmett Smith, but I have to go with Eric Dickerson or Marcus Allen over the top. Yeah, I actually, whenever I put the, the question up, uh, the, I, I had a picture of Jerome Bettis because I thought a lot of people might consider him being the, the power runner that he was. I had a picture of Earl Campbell and Adrian Peterson, but the bus was the first one to get chosen among that group. I thought it interesting he, put, he chose Marcus Allen for the way he would get that yard. He said over the top. I hadn't re- even really thought about that angle as far as if it's fourth and one on the goal line, you need a guy to jump over the top. He's going with Marcus Allen. So that was kind of a cool answer there. Yep, that's a cool answer. Cool answer. Joe Gaffigan, his uh, Washington football team are the winners of four straight. And they cost me a freaking fantasy football championship. But I digress. He said John Riggins behind the Hogs, a.k.a. the greatest old line ever. Now, John Riggins was a fullback that was converted into running back, if I'm not mistaken. He was a beast running behind the Hogs. And um, forgive me for not remembering which which Super Bowl number was maybe in 17, 18, somewhere in there, but he just ran all over the Dolphins and 
fourth and one meant nothing meant nothing to Riggins. Man, he was a he was just mowing people over. Fourth and five, you could have probably given him the ball and he would just grind it out. And as a Dallas Cowboy fan, I didn't enjoy watching him going against the against my Cowboys there in the early eighties. But Riggins was a he was a monster. So good answer there. And hey, Joe, congratulations on how good your team's doing there, brother. I hate to see it, but they're doing well. Somebody got to win that damn division, Scotty. Some, yeah, some, I know. Somebody, for the love of God, somebody that gets got to win the NFC East. Trey Dizzle, he said easily. Emmitt Smith, he was a guaranteed two to three yards per carry. He said he saw a stat once where it showed out of his 4,409 career rushing attempts, only 120 or so were for a loss while playing in Dallas. Now, he didn't run for 12 yards every carry or 90 or bust 90 yards down the field, but he was almost guaranteed to get your first down on three tries. He was absolutely the most solid short yardage goal line runner in history, not to mention just the greatest overall. So, Emmitt Smith. Oh, Trey. I like it, man. Listen to that. It was like getting a massage. That was good stuff right there, man. Took me back. Um yeah, and, and you know what? I, I've used the argument many, many times when people try to argue Emmett Smith versus Barry Sanders. Everyone always says Barry Sanders is like one of the greatest, and, and I always say he was the most spectacular. But one, my big knock on Barry Sanders always has been that he would lose the yardage, whereas Emmett would rather go forward for a yard or two yards than take, you know, a two, three yard loss trying to hit a home run. And actually, if you look through our answers, there's not a Barry Sanders anywhere on this list, I don't believe. But Emmett, good call, Trey Dizzle. Good old Trey Dizzle. This week he he gives us sensibility instead of foolishness. Guarantee <laughs> you, guarantee you, it's coming back next week. I can smell it. it, it <laughs> yeah, I, take the compliment, Trey. Take the compliment. Yeah, I don't have to. I don't have to work for the WWE to write this storyline. Oh no, it writes itself. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, Lonnie Doxy, he said, Walter Payton, hands down. And now, now I did remember seeing a video of him going over the top, you know, getting a touchdown. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Payton, yeah. Payton would go around you, through you, or over you. It didn't matter to him. He was one of the greatest. Yep, let's see. Bill Divin, he said, Bo Jackson. And Uncle Max said, how about Jim Brown? Yeah, how about Jim Brown? The thing about Jim Brown is, he was like a man of uh, ahead of his time with like you, you see a lot of running backs today that were like kind of his frame, his size and build. But back then he was like the biggest dude on the field. So if it, if it was fourth and one, he's getting you that yard. No, no questions asked. And he played lacrosse at Syracuse. So he was going to run either way. <laughs> yeah. Either way. No doubt about that. Randy Rambus Evans. He said the Nigerian nightmare, Christian Okoye. How about that for an answer? I like that one. Good call, Rambo. That's a whole lot of shoulders, man. I'm just saying, I'm making a business decision. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm making a business decision. Frank Streeter, he said, the fridge, William Perry. <laughs> you know what? That answer came up several times on this list, and I I never gave that a thought, but you know what? It's hard to argue against it because during that Super Bowl season of theirs, and, and, which was the Fridge's rookie season. He actually, you know, he got a few carries down on the goal line and he went in, he even scored one in the Super Bowl. A lot of people still mad that Walter Payton didn't get the call on that goal line, but the Fridge did. Anyway, he can't rewrite history, but the Fridge was getting you a yard. So I, it's hard to argue against that one. That was, that was a, I thought, a unique answer, but yeah, I saw it a handful of times on here, Eddie Cool. 
Yep, saw that too. All right, going down the list some more. Corey Lagerin, he said, Marshawn Lynch or Betty Ed, just throw it. I don't know about all that. <laughs> well, that was a, uh, I think that was a dig about how he did not get the ball in the goal line at the Super Bowl. So they needed the yard. The Seahawks did. And instead of giving it to Marshawn Lynch, they threw it. Russell Wilson threw a pick and the Patriots won the Super Bowl. So Marshawn Lynch, man, he'd grind you out of yard. And that's kind of a little uh, comedic bit there from Corey, but that was actually a pretty good call. All right, moving right along. Uh, Rodney Bellamy, he says, Osaka Polite. Now, Scotty D, ask me who's the uh, Osaka Polite. Well, I know who he is, I think, but who do you think he is, Eddie? Tell me. Well, actually, I had to go look up a video. I actually do research. You know, I just don't do this, do this. I do my research. And I think uh, from the looks of it, Lasaka Polite was a fullback for Miami Dolphins. He was, and at one point he was with the Dallas Cowboys. So this is uh, this is Rodney Bellamy clowning us right here. That's what this is. <laughs> hey, we can take a joke like anyone, Rodney. We're just glad to have you aboard, brother. Yeah, exactly. It's been a while, Ronnie. It's been a while. I, I told you I met Ronnie earlier this year. Yeah. He's like, hey, man, yeah. that's Eddie Cool. And, you know, I got a picture with Rodney and everything, man. So, uh, yeah, thanks, Rodney. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Richard Shersky, he also said Marcus Allen as well, too. Terrible Pete, Kalans- that, uh, uh, terrible Pete Talansky said, I'm going with either O.J. Anderson or Brandon Jacobs. Both guys were beasts and steamrolled people. He also said if we were playing Tecmo Bowl, he's taking Bo Jackson as well, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple people went with Bo. Uh, Pete, the Giants fan, he went with a homer answer, O.J. Anderson and Brandon Jacobs and both are are good answers. I mean, man, for a minute there, Brandon Jacobs, he was nasty. He was, you know, you weren't stopping him from a yard out. Yeah, he was. He was a damn near defensive end. He was like what six four two sixty five. Yeah, he was a monster out there. That's a whole lot of body. That was a. I I felt bad for your Cowboys, Scotty, he having to play them twice a year with Thunder <laughs> and Lightning with him and Ahmad Bradshaw back there. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice combo. I have to admit. Ooh, ooh, man, man, oh, man, oh, man. Let's see, Art Mellon, he also said William Perry. And Mark Olds, he said William Perry. But joking, he said I was a big Earl Campbell fan. Although Walter Payton is my favorite of all time. Give me either one of them um, and the Cowboys offensive line in the early 90s, and we are good. Yeah, and thank you, Mark, for going with Earl Campbell because Earl Campbell was a beast, another guy kind of ahead of his time. Yeah, his thighs were big as Sequoia Redwood. <laughs> huge man, huge man. You see, they had to rip the jersey off of him, and they still couldn't stop him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was, yeah, that's a great clip to see if you could you ever get a chance to watch that one, folks. Where he's just getting, he's just getting people just tearing at him, and you ain't stopping him. Yeah, and then the, then that one uh, what's that one uh clip where he just buried his head in that guy's chest, and the guy was oh like, yeah, just just pummeled him, just right right through him. Yeah, when when I close my eyes, I think of Earl Campbell just barreling through somebody's chest. All right, Big Kenny, happy belated birthday to Big Kenny. He also said Walter Payton, and we got a first, Roger Craig. Roger Craig, and and, uh, Joe Comfort also went with Roger Craig, and he's saying that he can remember his high leg running style. And that was one I hadn't thought of, Eddie, but if you remember Roger Craig, if he'd get into like a pile, he would just start turning his knees like – it was like like they were pistons, and he would just nope. just grind it out. Uh, Joe Joe Comfort says he was not the biggest, strongest, or fastest, but his running style was punishing. 
Good call on that. Because you think of Roger Craig, he was a thousand yard rusher, but I think he also was a thousand yard receiver too. He was a guy that would catch the ball out of the backfield. So you don't really think of him as a power back, but he did have that really unique style where he was taught keep your legs moving. They're not going to stop you. And he, he stuck to that. So nice answer there, Jojo comfort. Yeah. I think um, he was the first one to uh, run for a thousand and um, catch for a thousand only for that to be duplicated by one Christian McCaffrey of the Carolina Panthers. Ah, okay. Yep. Cra- Craig Burns over here being funny. He said, he'll go with Tom Brady. <laughs> he said back in 79, 80, he'd go with Earl Campbell. Yeah. Now he chose Tom Brady. But that's actually, I mean, how many times did you see Brady just take that quarterback sneak and dive to? I mean, it wasn't the running back answer we're looking for, but that's still a, a I understand why he chose that because basics. I, there's so many times I'm like, just use it, run a quarterback sneak. And, and the, you know, Patriots did it to perfection with Brady. So uh, I ain't mad at you for that answer, Craig Burns. Yep. And then we have David Comfort. Is he in a relation to JoJo Comfort, the best uh, name in the game? It could be. Could be. I'm uh, not sure. The Brothers of Comfort. You two got your <laughs> tag team nickname. He said, I know who ain't Benny Snell Jr. Oh, <laughs> uh, he was sour. Steeler fan that was sour after the. <laughs> he put that up right after Steelers lost to the football team on Monday. I'm sure he's not too happy today either following the game against Buffalo, but. Um, <laughs> that was more a who ain't it ain't it gonna be, but smooth D Star Walker gives us another different answer. Yeah, Jr. gave us another one. He said Legarrett Blunt, who recently retired. Yeah, or Emmett, uh, coming from an Eagles fan. Okay, thank you. There, we'll take that one. Or Emmett Smith, uh, Carson Wentz might be done. Uh, Marty Mortimer, he said Eric Dickerson, four point four yards per carry, a lifetime. Um, <laughs> with the nerd glasses or one, another one for William, the refrigerator parent. Yeah, man. Another one for the fridge and Mark Femme chiming in. Another one for the bus, Joe Bettis, uh, or Jerome Bettis. And then Michael Mace finished us off here with another, uh, one I hadn't given much thought to. Yep. Mike Allstott. And I think on our group post, somebody gave, um, another one for Mike Allstott as well, too. Nice. Okay. A couple for the A-Train. Yeah, my, Mike Allstar, I man, look, when I say as a Carolina Panthers fan, we got to play Tampa Bay again, really, we got to play Tampa Bay again. And yeah, we would have to play Tampa Bay two, you know, twice a year. And we just hated seeing Mike Allstar. Mike Allstar was just large. Now, you want to talk about a man among boys. Yeah, Mike Allstott was large, and he didn't mind running you over. He just and and, and Chris Berman would be like, boom, yeah. Boom. <laughs> Berman loved doing Tampa Bay highlights back when Allstott was on was in the game. Yeah, pretty much like Chris Berman, like he he said what we were thinking because it's true. It's true, man. He just Mike Allstott was one of a kind, man. He was just one of a kind. Like we we we've seen, you know, the Legarrette Blunts and the Brandon Jacobses, but when it comes to Mike Allstott, man, that's just um that brother was tough, man. That brother was tough. And he went to uh where did he go to school? It was um don't tell me, don't tell me, don't tell me. He went to school, I think it was Purdue, if I'm not mistaken. He was a boilermaker. Mm, okay. Yeah. For some reason I for yeah, for some reason, I thought he was Australian and some other stuff. I don't know. Some crazy things happen. All right, here we go. We got Sean Hibbert. He said if he was a Seattle fan, he'd go with Marshawn Lynch. He said, but the coaches don't agree. That's two digs at Marshawn Lynch. Uh, 
Matt Uliski, he also said my all-star. Uh, Mike Clarity, he said, I'll go 22 right blast with Earl Campbell and Lorenzo Livingston. He also said the bus Jerome Bettis. So how many we got? Let's see. Repeat the swerve, Jerome Bettis, William Refrigerator Perry, and a couple for my all-star, and a few for Marshawn Lynch. Power. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, and there were a couple for Emmett Smith. And Smith. yep, oh. and that's gonna be my answer, Eddie Cool. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be ashamed to be a homer on this one because I watched Emmett many times in the early nineties running behind that big tough offensive line. And I tell you what, if you want to give them the credit and say oh, Emmett anybody could have done what Emmett did, okay, I can't argue, but I can tell you the fact, and that is Emmett got behind that line and he scored a ton from the one yard line or he got a first down behind that behind that line so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna stray away from my you know my home you know or my favorite team here and that's the dallas cowboys i'm gonna be a homer here um i'm gonna be biased and that's okay because you know as we always talk about how bad i've been suffering as a cowboy fan i'm gonna relive glory through emmett on this answer so that's my answer emmett smith Yep. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do and choose Emmett Smith. There was one particular running back that people really didn't mention. And it kind of surprised me. Now, back in 2005, this gentleman had a total rushing touchdowns of 12. And he rushed for a total of 32 first downs. All right. Now, here's his numbers. He had 180 rushing attempts. He only had 549 yards that season, but he had 12 touchdowns. So a lot of those touchdowns were like, you know, one-yard goal line plunges. I'm talking about Stephen Davis, formerly of the Washington football team, the Carolina Panthers, and the St. Louis slash L.A. Rams. Whenever that time came around, okay, Jake DeLone said, I'm finna hand you the ball and you know what to do. <laughs> and the coach called it. John Fox called it. He dialed it up, and nearly eight, nine times out of ten, boom, boom, boom. One yard in a cloud of dust or less than, Stephen Davis was sure, sure to see Pater. A lot of times I saw him on TV, I'm like, oh, this is automatic. This is automatic. Now, if I was playing fantasy football at the time, he would have perfect to have. Think about it. That's a one – you're, you're guaranteed <laughs> – Almost every game, one yard touchdown. And let's see, he started eleven games that season, but only uh, yeah, he started eleven games and played in thirteen. So pretty much every game he was having a touchdown on the one yard line. Just put it here you go, nose to the ground and just run the damn football. So Scotty D, you chose uh I chose yes, yeah, so Scotty D. I chose Stephen Davis. You chose you said Emmett Smith, right? I did, yeah. And you know what? I think I knew you were going to say Stephen Davis. You kind of gave a little clue last week when you said something to be live. And I can't remember what you said, but I was thinking he's going to go Carolina. And that, that Stephen Davis was a monster running back for a few days. Uh, uh, hey, way to remember that one there, Eddie. Cool. I like that answer. Yeah, because as soon as you said fourth and one, I closed my eyes. I'm like, I remember this play. Yep. <laughs> I remember, like, oh, I remember that game. I remember, oh, he had it. And, yeah, Stephen Davis was just one of those guys where he just, uh, yeah, and and he he was a, he was a sizable dude too. He was six feet tall, two hundred and thirty pounds, straight out of Spottenburg, South Carolina. But he went to college at Auburn. A lot of people don't know that, but uh, yeah, old strong Stephen Davis running people over. Scotty D. That was a very exciting edition of the Choice of the Voices. But before we forget, hey, be live. 
Who did you select for this week's Choices of the Voices? Well, I want to take this opportunity to thank our listeners for really coming with some good quality answers for this um for the choices of the voices. My answer is going to be a simple one, but it's also I'm going to throw in a couple of caveats cuz I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed though. Because the easy answer, the real easy answer is a guy that I bought beers for one one good time in um Myrtle Beach just by sheer luck, but Jerome the Bus Bettis, he was a part owner of the Myrtle Beach Pelicans. He was down he was in town for a little marketing situation with the minor league baseball team. I just happened to run into him into a club. He's just just built different, just short, bulky, and just just a, a beast. But yeah, like really really want to talk about fourth and one situationals the bus easily but stats don't lie and there were two names that didn't get any mention and it blew my mind just a little bit um 2005 mvp and 2006 mvp gets no mention for a fourth and one situation so all they did was score 27 rushing touchdowns and 28 rushing touchdowns amongst all kinds of other rushing situations that you knew that they were going to run the ball. But no mention of Sean Alexander. No mention of LaDainian Thomason. Oh, the shame. But I, I will I will save the masses as I come prepared. And just want to let a mention of um, 2A and 2B honorable mention. But come on. Great answers. The bus by far my number one Mike Alsop was also another good answer man I just put oh the running game ah pretty good answer be live pretty good answer alright and with that being said Scotty D what's the question for next week's choices of the voices alright we're sticking with football you guys came out big for football last week so I'm going to throw another football question at you what is your favorite touchdown celebration now for this one you can use like a regular one like uh like Deion sanders did the Deion dance when he scored or uh you know some people just spike it you might just want to go basic spike you might like how barry sanders larry fitzgerald just handed the ball to the referee or you can go with just like a one-time thing like chad ochocinco scored a touchdown and put on a hall of fame jacket i mean there was a time that back in the T.O. era, Joe Horn, Steve Smith, Ocho Cinco, these guys would basically score a touchdown and then break into a Saturday Night Live sketch. It did, you know, it got it went a lot, a little bit before, a little bit above and beyond spiking the football or dunking it over the goalpost. So, hey, use your memory banks. Think if, if there's one that stood out in your mind that you liked a single one, or if there's one that, like I said, like Dion's repeat. You know, you know, Dion was famous for doing the the dance into the end zone. Actually, he'd start it sometimes on the, like the 15 yard line on the way to the end zone. But anyway, this is your question, your your choice out there. So let us know what's your favorite NFL football touchdown celebration. Celebrations were great. Scotty, do you remember when the NFL became the No Fun League? Yeah, they shut that down for a few years, and you know it's kind of it's kind of funny though. I think in an effort to keep the game fun without the fans this year, you notice how they put the they turn the camera on in the on the 
TV screen in the end zones now. So if, if you recover a fumble or pick something off, every, the whole team runs down and starts posing. I think they only get like 30 seconds. There's like a countdown on the screen. But it's it's fun that it's funny that the NFL 1.1 completely go away from the celebrations. And then this year they're kind of stoking the fires to keep it fun for the guys without being able to interact with the fans. So, yeah, they've been back and forth on that through the years. Um, I, I think sometimes, Eddie, maybe you, you disagree. I think sometimes the touchdown celebrations can be a little bit ridiculous. You know, I kind of like to see – Barry Sanders break off an 80 yard touchdown run and then flip the ball to the referee or just flip it down. But that's just me. Some people love the celebrations. This gives us a chance to see where everybody stands on it. I'm going to be honest with you, man. Take this ball. I got to find an option. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to be like, true. I'm going to listen, listen. I'm, you know what? My, uh, spoiler alert. It's, it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite choice. But we talk about touchdowns, celebrations, and I remember <laughs> Keith, big old Keith trailer. <laughs> oh, wow. Big old Keith trailer. Yeah. Getting that foot, returning an interception. All right. Now, Keith trailer's like, what, 6'5, 392. He's a big, he's a big boy. Big boy. Keith trailer got the ball. And I think it was like, what? For a forty-yard touchdown return, and it damn near killed him. I think he got to like the twenties. Like, Lord, somebody got to take this ball. I'm out of breath. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, yeah. So, so if it's now just now that's forty yards at his size. Now, just imagine seventy, eighty yards. <laughs> well, you you want to do the stanky leg? You want to do the two roll? <laughs> Nah, ref, here's the ball. My team has got to carry me to the sideline, and you got to put me on the oxygen tank because I'm tired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess uh, y'all, you have to be in a certain amount of shape to be able to to hit the, the end zone celebration if you're, uh, if you got to go above and beyond like Trailer did. Yeah, I, I'm, 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 I'm all for it. But man, when, when you a big dude like you know Keith Trailer or or Big Sam Adams or, or Terrence Saragusa, one of them big boys, look, just get here, lateral, here, here, by thirty yards. Just please take this ball, please take this ball. Yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, next week, Scotty D, that'll be an interesting choice of questions uh, for our listeners to respond to on the choices of the voices. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for participating in our favorite segment of the show the choices of the voices all right it's about that time for us to go home we about to see what these browns and ravens are going to do in this monday night game in a crucial monday night game uh but before we go we're going to do a round of pepper you know how we do it three topics we converse about it you learn laugh educate and feel good of course in normal tradition, I'm going to be doing the history lessons. I'm going to be a history professor, a history teacher, if you will, even though I got a degree in journalism and mass communications. With a minor in communication studies, I always like to enlighten you on important things that happen in the world of sports. Scotty D, are we ready? I believe we are. All right, here we go. On this day in history in 1925. All right, the first hockey game was played at Madison Square Garden as the Montreal Canadiens defeated the New York Americans 3-1. to Yep, the first hockey game at home, and you lost. <laughs> Over to you, Scott. And they lost 3-1. to one. <laughs> To La Habitons, the Canadiens. <laughs> All right, Eddie Cool, Saturday night while LSU in Florida was battling it out, I was – I was tuned into the UFC and I got to give a shout out to Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson lost on Saturday night 
30-26. He got Ugh. absolutely dominated by Charles Oliveira. And uh, Oliveira was an underdog coming into this fight because Tony Ferguson was supposed to be fighting Khabib Nurmagomedov there earlier in this year for, for the title. And um, the, the COVID thing happened. That fight didn't happen. Ferguson ended up fighting Justin Gaethje earlier this year and got destroyed. Now, Ferguson's a guy who has won 12 fights in a row in the UFC, so he's considered one of the best in the world. He got dominated on Saturday night. The reason why I'm giving a shout-out to Tony Ferguson is because at the end of the first round, he got caught in the nastiest armbar I've ever seen with 10 seconds remaining in the round. His arm got hyperextended, his elbows twisted the wrong way, and I had to look away, and he did not tap out. Now, he got dominated, like I said, and I think his left arm was toast going beyond that, but I have never seen the, the arm go that way before, and Daniel Cormier doing the fight said, Joe, did you look away? Because I did. And I'm thinking, well, so did I, Daniel. So shout out to Tony Ferguson in a loss, but for not tapping out to the nastiest armbar I've ever seen. Be live. Over to you. Well, well, well. Um, Let's put a little pepper on it. And I'm going to go ahead and apologize ahead of time before I start. Um, my first pepper point. This was supposed to be for last week, and I forgot. I got so heated about Craig Williams that I forgot about another very heated situation that I witnessed. ESPN, um, a couple weeks ago during the Clemson Virginia Tech game, you thought in your infinite wisdom that it would be a good idea to interview Ian Book during a live football game. And as you're interviewing this dude, he literally wrote off Virginia Tech and the game wasn't even over yet. The ESPN and Ian Book basically said that Clemson's in the, in the ACC championship game and how he was looking forward to that. During the game, the audacity, the disrespect, how to, and what made it even worse was that they were reviewing a play and the referee was explaining the review and ESPN still going on with the interview like nothing's happening in the actual game. I couldn't believe it. I just, wow, Ford Letter Network, do better. I'm sorry I forgot from last week, but wow, unbelievable. Unbelievable. My bad. I'm, I'm going to bring it back. I'm going to calm down. Eddie Cool. The ball. Passing the ball back to me. And unlike Marquez Valdez Scantling, I'll catch it. A few weeks ago, he dropped one, but he got it right and finally caught a football. Oh, that <laughs> guy. Anyways, on this day in history, back in 1935, the National Football League Championship. That's right, kids. The Super Bowl wasn't always a Super Bowl. They had a championship game, okay? All right, and on this day back in 1935 at the University of Detroit Stadium, the Detroit Lions beat the New York Giants 26-7. to It is the Lions' first, only, and probably ever title. You know what? You know what makes me itch or, 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 or what grinds my gears? I'd like to How... I'm glad you asked, Scotty D. How in the hell can a team like Detroit have Barry Sanders? <laughs> okay, Barry Sanders. And um, what, what was the defensive back name? Uh, Darius Slay. 
okay, over the years, and Megatron, all right, and 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 Matthew Stafford, and just go ten and six and nine and seven and just be either bad or all right. How can you do that? And you know what? Like I said last week, Matt Patricia, I ain't forget about you. You 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 deserved all that. You deserved all that. You shouldn't never fire Jim Caldwell. If I'm Jim Caldwell. <laughs> Detroit don't call me back. Love don't live here anymore. Do, 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 do. Over to you, Scotty D. All right, that's a, that's a former karaoke champion, Eddie Cool. That's All right. right, also on Saturday night, while LSU and Florida were battling it out, and while the Tony Ferguson survived an armbar, Edgar Berlanga entered the boxing ring once again for the 16th time in his professional career. He's an, he's an American boxer of Puerto Rican descent. He's out of New York. He fought his 16th pro fight on Saturday night, and for the 16th time, he won with a first-round knockout. Woo! I tell you what, um, this guy, Sierra, he fought the other night. He might have been a tomato can, and he might have been dying to get out of there and wanting to go down. But this Berlanga hits hard, my friend. He's a super middleweight. He's not like a heavyweight, so he's not like a, a Mike Tyson kind of guy. But everyone that's getting in that ring with him is getting out of there in under three minutes. So shout out to Ed Berla- Edgar Berlanga. If he fights again, folks, tune in because he's, uh, I think he's four, only four or five fights away from the all time record, which is 16, or which he currently has 16 first round knockouts. Edgar Berlanga. Be live. Over to you. All right, all right, all right. For my second pepper point, again, this is some craziness in this college football world. If you haven't noticed the tone, of this episode I really 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 love college football above all and with that being said I'm going to start my personal campaign for the Liberty Flames this season has been up and down left and right topsy-turvy all kinds of craziness and one of the few success stories And one of the also disappointments is the Liberty Flames. They went from sitting 9-1 with their only loss being to a Power 5 school with, with it being NC State. They went from having a college game day going against Coastal Carolina end up being um, switched around because of Liberty and COVID-19. But I think the biggest disappointment right now is that with a lot of teams already securing bowl bids and with every team being eligible this year, so you could be 0-10 and and or 0-5 and when it comes to the Big Ten or the Pac-12 because they didn't play enough games or whatever. And you can get invited to a bowl game just because of your name alone. Like, I'm pretty sure Penn State's going to get invited and they're what two and five <laughs> dumpster juice and liberty has yet to get an invitation at nine and one what an amazing season and now we're talking about semantics we're talking about revenue come on get it together invite liberty to a bowl game i guarantee you it will be much more exciting than some of these other bottom of the barrel schools 
including one which I saw a projection that Liberty could be invited to the Gasparilla Bowl against the 2-8 and eight South Carolina Gamecocks. And with everything in me, I would love for Liberty to beat South Carolina and make them look even worse than they already do. But Liberty deserves better. And so do you. Eddie Cool, the ball. All right, B-Live, once again, you're going to throw me the ball, and I'm just going to do my best Devontae Adams impersonation and catch it and not drop it. I won't be like the uh, Deontay Johnson of the Steelers. Jab, 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 jug, jug, jug. Oh, come on, Steelers fans. I know. Cuss me out. Get mad. You know, lost two straight. You're going to the playoffs. Don't act like that. It's like this. I'd rather have you losing two games now than to have that one loss in the playoffs and that be it. Scotty D, I don't think that record that, uh, that the Dolphins made in 72 will never be touched ever again. It won't. Yeah, it just won't. It'd be awfully hard. It just won't. It just won't. Um, on this day in history, back in 1967, Mo Vaughn, big Mo Vaughn was born. He entered this world, all right? <laughs> and he was born in Norwalk, Connecticut. My Mo Vaughn, he played for some of everybody. He played for the Red Sox for a little bit. He played for the Angels a little bit. He was a big old dude with a with a big old with a with a he was just a big upper body and had this unique batting stance. But when he put that ball, when he put that bat to that ball, the ball would go very, 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 very far. All right. He's a former MLB All-Star in 95, 96, 98, and he was the AL MVP in 1995 for the Boston Red Sox. Now, if you ask the folks in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, the 95 MVP should have been Albert Bell. But the media didn't like Albert Bell, so they said, okay, well, we'll go for Mo Vaughn because he's nice. Albert Bell should have won it. He had a mean, bad stance. But that's either here nor there. We're not here to crap on you on your birthday, Mo Vaughn. I'm going to wish you happy birthday, but the people never forget. Over to you, Scotty D. You know, those players were like similar in their build, too. They were just both big guys, Albert Bell and Mo Vaughn. All right, we're good. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah but, Albert, but Albert Bell just wanted to knock people off the base. <laughs> yeah, he, he was, he was a nasty guy. He, he sure was. Yeah, he, he he was a bear. Mo, Mo, he was, let's see. <laughs> Mo Vaughn was a teddy bear. Albert Bell was a grizzly bear. Fair That's enough. It. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. All right, Eddie Cool. Last week, six-time all-star forward Paul George signed a maximum contract extension with the LA Clippers that guarantees him as much as $226 million over the next five years. I repeat, $226 million over the next five years. The Clippers are extending his contract for an additional four years at $190 million, top, $190 million on top of the $35.4 million guaranteed for the 2021 season. Paul George? Ball Clippers, people. you want to know why you never get to the finals? It's because of stuff like this. Do better. This guy can't win in the playoffs. He sucks in the playoffs every year. Clippers, do better. Be live. Over to you. All right, let's go ahead and take this on home. I'm going to take this home. Switch, I'm going to switch up from college football. I'm going to switch it up from college football because I didn't beat that horse to death. But the ineptitude of the NCAA just cannot leave my thought process because 
I've mentioned a lot about college football playoff expanding eight teams to mention even in this episode as well because of the pandemic that we're in so we need to see more teams be able to highlight against some of the stronger programs that they don't normally get to play and everything because of this um, pandemic the basketball however you get to see the low and mid-tier teams play against the big boys because of March Madness and the 68 team format but even with that I'm going to ask a question to all of our listeners and be honest with yourselves you don't have to answer it might be rhetorical but this I'm, I'm answering for myself was it smart to try to start college basketball in November while you already seeing college football scramble so very much with these holiday tournaments that are I mean some of them yeah we want to see some of the marquee matchups but really at the end of the day this was this, wow I'm mind blown because I'm, I try my best to find an official number I may have glanced at there was a I think over 800 college basketball games have been canceled so far November and December NCAA what were you thinking this is the opportunities to maybe start the season in January let all the college football travel get done with holiday travel start in January conference only but once again the governing body of collegiate athletics has done zero nothing not a goose egg no planning whatsoever nah, just leave it up to the conferences let them do what they want to do leave it up to the individual teams make their schedules go wherever whichever go to these holiday invitationals and stuff like that as opposed to what are we doing here what exactly are we doing I'm sorry I'm I'm 38 years old and I'm a fan I don't I don't profess to be a sports expert I try my best to be an analyst but this is coming from just a, a fan perspective I try to be an analyst but I'm not, I don't profess to be a, I don't profess to be a professional we, but, but what are you doing NCAA what are you doing now we've just got a mess and a shamble of things right now that we can't we can barely get a hold or get a grip on and now you've got individual teams up you know what the cancel those games individual gap cancel those we're gonna have a conglomerate of a mess of you're gonna have teams that have played 25 games you're gonna have teams that play 10 games it's gonna be an absolute mess in college basketball because nobody is making any broad range decisions that that a governing body should be as such set one precedent for every conference that carries the NCAA brand and let's come together what are we doing but it is at this point what it is. I'm just I'm highly disappointed. What is the purpose of the NCAA? Anybody can answer that. Shoot us an email. Let us know. Give give me something. Give me something. <sighs> Eddie Cool taking on. That about does it for another edition of Pepper. And in totality, that about does it for another episode of the Sports Bros 
podcast. Yes, it is great to be back, and it's great to talk about sports the way we want to talk about sports. Uh, we're not puppets. We're personalities. But actually, we're just three guys that love sports, and we love talking about sports. And like we always do about this time, how you can get in contact with us, where you can find us to keep the good party going. Scotty D, where can they find uh, you? Check me out on Facebook, Scott Donnelly. I, I'm always happy to to hear from old friends or new friends. And if you want to find me in Western Pennsylvania, uh, look at the look at the UPS truck driving by. Uh, I'll be the guy in the mask. Thank you for listening, my friends. I'm glad to have you uh, be part of our sports Sports Bros podcast journey. Yes, yes, part of the journey. And also, ladies and gentlemen, please don't mistake Scotty D for a porch pirate. No, I'm okay? certainly not. I'm a Pittsburgh pirate, not yeah. a porch pirate. Yeah, he'll be a Pittsburgh pirate, but not a porch pirate. And for you porch pirates, you know what? Get a damn yeah, job, seriously. okay? Get a damn job. They're, they're hiring driver's assistants like, like, like it's going out of style. Get a damn job. Do DoorDash. Do something. What's wrong with you? But I digress in words of the almighty be live. And me, I'm Eddie Cool, the HOC here at the Sports Bros Podcast, the guy that kind of orchestrates everything, that hits the uh the, the hits the record button and press play and all that good stuff. I'm all over the place. I'm out of breath already. So here it goes. You can find me, the HOC Eddie Cool at the Sports Bros Podcast on Instagram, here on Facebook, our WordPress website our Twitter account, and you can email us at the sports bros pcast at gmail.com. You can talk to us through there. Um, you can find me on Instagram, uh, cool season, all one word. Uh, let's see if you still on the whole Snapchat thing, you can check me out. Uh, super cool 5,000 Snapchat. I'm also on the sports me app at sport bro 19, where I go back and forth and debate about sports topics and everything. I think I got one coming up soon about um, who should be the defensive player of the year, be it Chase Young or Jeremy Chin, AKA 21 Savage of the Carolina Panthers. You can find me here, there, everywhere, working, wearing a mask, just trying to get along with everybody. Uh, Scotty D as I record this today is Monday. Um, the day marks the second anniversary of the passing of my mom. And uh, my mom gave me some great advice. She said, son, you can do anything you want as long as you put your mind to it. Uh, just keep going and never give up. And for that, mom, I love you and thank awesome. you. Be live. Yes, be live. Where can they find you? I say you can find me. No, no, no I'm not going to do that. Um, I, I, it's so much fun, though. It's so much fun. It's my thing. It's my thing. But anyway, just be your boy, the Almighty Be Live, one third of Sports Rolls Podcast. You can find me. Oh God, I hate you. I, I hate you, money man. I hate you so very much. But yes, yeah, um, you can find me. Even during the ACC championship game between Clemson and Notre Dame, you can find me at Max Speed Shop here in Fayetteville, North Carolina, four eighty two North McPherson Church Road. Home of the best burger, brisket, pulled pork, one of the largest selections of beer, draft bottle and cans you can find this side of the Mississippi. God, I hate you, Scotty D. I'm just God. What? Why would you jinx me like that? that, that oh, bring it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. All right. I'm supposed to talk about our social media platforms, 
our Twitter, Sports Bros PCAST, our Instagram, Sports Bros Podcast, our Facebook like page, talk about our YouTube page, Sports Bros Podcast, our WordPress, Sports Bros Podcast.wordpress.com. Supposed to talk about our email, questions, comments about the show, Sports Bros PCAST at gmail.com. Scott, Scotty D. Ooh, ooh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give you a phone call on, um, on this coming Saturday, and um, I'm just going to let you have it. You, you did this to me. Yes, yes. Um, in the, in the spirit of professionalism, please check us out on our various social media platforms give us a review give us a like let us know how we can do what we can do to improve the show and make it so much more enjoyable for you oh scotty d when i see you on the street boy it's gonna be a misunderstanding and some furniture moving out boy oh all right um it's better out (laughs) oh boy oh boy Oh, this Saturday's going to be something else. I'm going to apologize to our guests ahead of time. I might be slightly distracted watching the um, watching football all throughout the shift and everything. But yeah, come and see your boy. And check us out on all the platforms. And um, with that being said, um, yes, sir. Yep, that's it. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. You can be live at a bowling alley at Max Speed Shop with 511,000 beers on tap. And all social media platforms of the Sports Bros podcast. Anybody got anything to say before we get up out of here? Try to watch a little bit of wrestling and Browns football. Well, as it stands right now, it's seven seven Browns Ravens. I can't wait to see how that one shakes out. Seven seven. I remember the last time the Browns were on uh Monday night. It ended in like a kick six. So let's hope the history does <laughs> not repeat itself again. Because I got a Browns fan downstairs, and I would really hate to laugh at her. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk. My team's four nine, so yeah, somebody in my house got to be happy. Somebody in this house got to be happy. And in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can, please do something nice for someone else. They'll greatly appreciate it now more than ever. Be a blessing, not a burden. And oh yeah, don't be an ass. Wear your mask. It's been another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. How about them Cowboys? Man, what about him? <laughs> <laughs>